welcome once again. You're listening to Loved by the Water with Mike and Christy. Mike and Christy. Episode number four. Titled We Never Know Until the End. Until the End. Okay. We Never Know Until the End. That would be a really good title. Uh, maybe that's what this one's called. Okay. But how would you like to begin this? Well, this is the first time we've recorded in the evening, so I think we took our, a little bit of our own medicine from the last episode, which was spontaneity, and this, doesn't, this is not the typical workflow to record in, in the evening, like when the sun is all the way down. Mm-hmm. So, spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And the last episode, I think we ended with a let's talk about that next time. Okay. Do you remember anything about that? I'm hoping you would lead me through it. <laughs> so you don't remember? I do not remember. Uh, I don't know how we got there, but I remember we did say conscious. We ta- were talking about conscious relationship. And I think we even mentioned the concept of sacred union. Mm. And, well, the beginning of this season one has really been grounded in metaphors about the water, tantra, desire, um, astrology comes and goes. Um, And so I think a thread and a theme throughout every episode so far has been a little bit of personal ourselves as individual and personal like in the way that you and I relate okay kind of like what's coming up or what's what's happening so hmm so if I were to guess I think we even committed to having a conversation that is a model of how to people, not not how, but what it just what does it sound like to have a conversation around bringing more intentionality into relating? Okay. Oh, last time we talked about in or I don't know when, but if you're in a process with your energy, and I'm in a process with my energy, and those energies happen to be, um. You know, just like on the color wheel, you know how on the color wheel there's like complementary colors mm-hmm. and colors that do this together, and mm-hmm. I'm uh, the there's an emotion wheel too. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like two people are in an in an energetic friction. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, not sometimes. It's a guarantee that when you enter into a a unit like a circuitry, that you that you magnetize things out of someone's interior that maybe they didn't even know was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, all this stuff comes up in the waters of our being, in the sacral kind of, well, lots are always happening in all of our chakras, but I'm thinking of just the sacral chakra and the, the emotional waters of our being. And... A lot comes up be in, in relating. 
So in one person, a lot comes up. With two people, even more comes up. And so having some, having, having a, a guidepost, having a foundation, having a what are we coming back to when things, you know how I always talk about the, the ship of the relation, of the relating, the mm-hmm. relationship. So like using that metaphor, when you're out on the waters, the great big vast ocean and a storm comes. Now you have the waters below you. You have the waters falling from above you. And you're like, what is guiding this ship? Why am I even on this ship? Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, well, fall when you're falling in love or when you have that, quote, feeling of love, it's easy. It's like a beautiful sailing on the yacht kind of experience. But when you're being tossed around out to sea and it's uncomfortable, that's not so easy. And there's definitely ways that two people can bring more ease to relating to oneself and relating to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, is there anything you want to add to the my? I'm, I'm meandering and sauntering slowly to the direct direction. So... Um... I'm reading a book right now called Pluto. Oh, that's right. It's an astrology book, and it's an astrology book, obviously, about Pluto, but it is the significance of Pluto in a composite chart. Right. And your metaphor of the relationship is very much in tune with the flavor of this book Mm. and the ship metaphor that but then but mostly the idea of the guidepost when you said like when once things get when the when the storms come and you're like you know you're you're like why am i on this boat or where do i even bring this boat back to what's the ship right all of those sort of questions um the book it it delves into relationships from a perspective of understanding what pluto represents um and how it shows itself between two people. Um, and there would be more or less six different, six different um, scenarios def- mm-hmm. dependent upon where Pluto is in that composite chart. And so I say 12 instead of six because it's always a sign and it's opposite. So, so, um. so you know, even if it's in Virgo, it implies Pisces. So someone who's got Pluto and composite chart and Pisces, it's also Virgo. But, but the point I, I want to go with, with um, is this idea of re- when you were saying like relationships bring out when, when you have two people together and the second person can bring out something from the first person that they didn't even realize they were carrying. Mm -hmm. And that is a, um, you know, that's part of, that's part of like the, the, 
the experience of, of, of being in a relationship, um, particularly from the level of like one knows oneself in a level which they would not be able to know if they were by themselves. Right. And that being tied into the the guideposts and what you come back to and just this book. I mean, I guess I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just kind of speaking off the top of my head, but having this idea of, and, and this is what I think is where we're going with this conversation is the, the having a, a, an in, intention and, and agreements within a relationship is understanding of, where you're going to come back to and then we'll probably explore that within ourselves but then also being in, having an understanding that maybe there are a variety of ways like not every couple is the same but there yeah. could be archetypical right. categories right. in which how couples do relate that's what that Pluto book so kind of points at right and that's what astrology would give you as a framework within which to say all couples have a composite, an mm-hmm. average of where their Pluto is mm-hmm. at. Right. And you, I think this is something you always say, is that Pluto is the sexiest planet? I mean, kind. Oh, so... <laughs> I don't know about the sexiest, but, but Pluto certainly adds an element of sexiness to what It depends what on touches. what one finds attractive, I suppose. Um, Yes, I would say... What do you find attractive about Pluto? So, so uh, I don't even think Pluto's attractive. I think Pluto is primal, and that's what I mean by ah, sexy. Like, it yeah, works on yeah, yeah. that level. Like, it mm-hmm. brings out... Um, like, it's, 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 not, it's not pretty. It's not always attractive, and Pluto's not... doesn't make sense. It's magnetic right. and primal. It's magnetic and primal. Which is sex... I mean, that's... Mm. It's not like society's sexy. It's not like shaved legs, glossy lips, straightened blonde hair sexy. I mean, it could be, but it's not limited to that. Right. But, well, I don't, I don't consider those three things I said very, like, primal. No, but there could be... The, the, Pluto could drive that, let's say. Like, drive okay. someone who wants to go and and present themselves in a very polished, sexy way. Like, I mean, that... That could still be a Pluto-driven... That could be be Pluto-driven, but... Oh, sure. It could... It still could be a primal force, but then the person's... The manifestation or the expression of that person's primal drive might be... Is polished. Is polished. Right. Is... Posh. Yes. Which one of the Spice Girls? Which is one of the... Exactly. (laughs) So, okay, so where were you... You were going somewhere with that. Um... I don't know. I really just wanted to talk about sexy Pluto. You want to talk? Okay, let's talk about sexy Pluto for a little bit. We'll see what this goes because that's all. <laughs> that's a little bit. Well, I, I mean, I guess we should disclose that our chart is very hot on Pluto, and we don't. I guess we don't have to go through the specifics of how that is. So, but the placements of Pluto and the transits of Pluto for our the average of our planetary signature mm-hmm. our composite the the pluto placement and the pluto placement for the composite and for the sinistry correct it's just pluto and pluto is also is like that death destruction mm-hmm. rebirth phoenix mm-hmm. and 
in other work that we've done together, we've we've talked a lot about being purifiers of the land, and it seems that's very plutonic. Very plutonic. It seems that we tend to go places, and something big usually happens, like within some amount of time after we've been there Mm -hmm. like the flood that happened in that place (laughs) and that place was never flooded and it's like we were there right and it was it was like a weird number like 30 or 33 40 40 days after Mm -hmm. biblical flood biblical flood number oh right, right 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 so so that's us so part okay so partly what okay so for us i guess for full disclosure coming back to maybe the the compass for this episode is we are aware that something that drives our ship some of the major symbols symbols on on the ship that you and I consciously chose to get onto which maybe we could talk about that a little bit in a moment we've got all these symbols like all of these kind of like and when I say symbols, I, I mean maybe more like sigils, like there's some type of magic and energy to them. Okay. And it's based on astrology. It's based on the position of the planets. Okay. And they give an energetic signature or symbol onto the force that is kind of guiding the unfolding of our lives, our mm-hmm. two fields combined. Mm-hmm. And it's very plutonic. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've entered into conscious relationship knowing that. Mm-hmm. Like I think within days of us meeting you were on top of our sinistry and composite chart you were on top of something else is that the face i didn't know where you're going you were on top of our our astrological readings michael right. um and that uh that was new to me and you know being an astrologer that's not new to you but mm-hmm. it was immediately so insightful and helpful and grounding mm-hmm. Um, so can I, can I, can I respond to that? So, um, so there there are two things. Yes, the particular, in both the, the composite and the sinistry, so the difference between the two is one is a blending and the other is looking at two charts and just how they relate. Um, Pluto plays has a strong um has a strong placement and a lot of aspects and and powerful placements in both of those charts so there's that and but we bring an awareness to it so Mm. there could be two people and Mm -hmm. they that could be true about their chart but they're not not interested in astrology and they're not looking at their chart and they're just living their lives and they're relating just in whatever ways they are so but we speak astrology and we look astrology and we know that Pluto is, is prevalent within our relationship. And so now we have a conscious awareness of it mm. and then a lens. So not just a conscious awareness of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lens. We see things that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, Can I add that okay. we've never talked about this and probably we, mag- we, were, we magnetized each other naturally or attracted each other naturally that uh, we share this value of um, well we share this value of I'm going to try to give a more concrete example than just throwing out philosophical uh, umbrella terms 
uh, light and dark does not equal good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a man is not masculine and a woman is not feminine, but all bodies carry masculine and feminine energy. Like we came, we happen to meet and already have a lot of guiding principles shared. Like we both shared really important underpinning guiding principles. We didn't have to, we didn't discover that together Mm -hmm. and you didn't learn it from me and I didn't learn it from you. We, We kind of came into that awareness and we're grateful that we shared that. And maybe that's why the bond was so strong right away is we, there were a lot of bases we just didn't have to cover. I think you and I have talked about that. We've covered those bases in many, many lives before. Um, so where was I going with that? Pluto. Pluto. And well, yeah, that we, um, we were already working with, with a lot within ourselves Mm -hmm. And so to jump right into awareness of our astrology did, wasn't like we were taking a deep dive. It was almost like common sense. Mm-hmm. But that's because of where you were already and because of where I was already. Um, and so go, go on if you can because there's more, but I've, it's lost at sea. So, all right, well, I was going to go just with, with the 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 sea metaphor um, about the the storm and getting lost and then coming back to that guiding post. Mm -hmm. And so you said a moment ago about like, or or maybe you're quoting me a moment ago when I say Pluto is sexy. Mm -hmm. Um, Pluto is chaotic. Pluto is primal. Pluto is destructive. Death Pluto, and rebirth. Death and rebirth. Like it's it's all of those sort of things. Is it masculine and feminine as well? I mean, uh, it's depending upon how you want to go and define those. Like yes, there's certainly because like death. Mars is masculine, Venus is feminine. Right. Like like Pluto has um, Pluto's more complex, and I think as sim- as simple is is something is okay. like it's maybe it's hermaphroditic, but, okay. but like yeah, like uh, I mean mythologically Pluto is is the ruler of the underworld mm. which is often I mean no I mean like their mythologies of like a female underworld ruler yeah. and, and male underworld rulers but but it's like underworld sort of stuff and so I think both of us relish in that sort of that energy like it's a it's an uncomfortable energy but it's a powerful energy mm-hmm. pluto is very much about power too mm. and so when you have when you go into a relationship with a very conscious awareness of like what pluto is and that it's strong in a relationship like all relationships well, not every relationship has a, a really significant Pluto placement. Correct. Okay. Correct. Every relationship has Pluto, but, right. but yes. And so it's good to be aware where the Pluto is. Well, so in the book, which I'm reading, is it kind of like creates like an arp- an archetypical framework. Like if your Pluto is in the second house, it is okay. it it means the underpinning, the, the foundation of the relationship is going to be in this area. If it's in the third house, it's going okay. to be in this area. Okay. So every every couple has that. And then in the book, it kind of then breaks it down into further levels. Well, if the couple is, um, you know, 
spiritual beginners like they're going to meet it this way and it's like oh. so it's like there are all of these different ways in which okay. in which this this energy shows itself and i've just i've just been cursory through it like it's a dense book i haven't read it from cover to cover um but going back to like i want to go back to where we began this mm -hmm. this conversation of being a of of relationships and having a guidepost and knowing where you're going to go like when when the storms happen because that's mm -hmm. how we began you're saying it's real yeah. easy when when you're on the yacht in the smooth <laughs> sailing and what happens when it's when the storms are there and we i brought up pluto is like pluto's the storm mm -hmm. and then i'm like we got storm like we've got intensity like like we yeah. are intense individuals like yeah. we bring a lot of um we bring a lot of charge in what we do and we also bring an awareness of like how to dissipate or hold that charge in a non-destructive mm -hmm. way. And I think we both have those practices individually, but then how do we do that in as a couple? Mm -hmm. How do we do that in a relationship? And then particularly, as you said in the beginning of this conversation, how do we do that when the other person brings something out of you? that you didn't even know you were caring. Because yeah. it's one thing to be able to carry your own energy of what you know of yourself. Right, when but, something something's coming up in you and you're caught off, you're surprised by it. Right, right. By it. And for me, it's always the intensity. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's a, it's a depth and quality of, of energy okay. that surprises me. And I think for you, my experience has been what surprises you is the quantity like the like specific things that come up like topical mm -hmm. like it's almost like you can like line up the ducks and, and call them things okay whereas with me it's not like these specific things but mm -hmm. it's like these less frequent but when it does happen it's a very deep intense mm -hmm. like underworld almost like something something right. straight from like my underworld connection comes up and it's like you can't really line those ducks up and call them something but it's like a it, there's like a it's just it's just surprising right. it's just it's surprising for both of us like how and it's also like I think it's partly cyclical in in my moon cycle as mm -hmm. well that sometimes I have Sometimes I'm more. There's more access to the the deeper, darker realms. Mm -hmm. um, I want to just remind our remind myself that the frame of this conversation too is um, if you are if you're listening to this and you're stepping into a relationship or you're desiring a relationship, or you are in a relationship, some of the questions are, when we stepped on this large vessel together, mm -hmm. what, what, were some of, what were our intentions? Like, so I'm backpedaling a little bit here. Okay. Is that okay? Definitely. Um, I've said something from the beginning that you really appreciated and has, has been the first, a first that, for you, in, in as in as far as like linguistics, that um, what was what is it? Uh, like, how can I? How can we serve the relationship? Mm -hmm. And 
I think another one of the things is like the only the only the only people that can really hurt the relationship are us mm-hmm. like um, yeah in regards to just you know issues of trust or jealousy or whatever the the only people that can really do serious damage to the relationship are the two people who are kind of like holding the container of it um, is that the thing that I said in the, it feels this feels like forever ago, but it's just been in the last year. Yeah. This idea of um, serving the relationship. Yes. Is that the thing I said? Yeah. It seems so simple to me, but I remember it being like a profound moment where you were like, "Whoa, no one's ever said that out loud mm-hmm. to me." Um, and I think something you and I have discovered along the way is the the level of like holiness or like sacredness that we hold relationship to like it like relation the the relationship that we're in is a sanctuary space there's there's different maybe um chambers to it at different times and spaces but we we are we've developed that kind of shared agreement that this vessel that's out to sea this ship has chambers and each chamber in each chamber there's different levels and layers of um sacred kind of respect appreciation gratitude Mm -hmm. holding like nurturing um And backpedaling even further, you and I individually were already on a path of seeking conscious relationship. We both knew as we were looking, as we were, um, not looking, but as we were, you know, interacting in the social environment, we both were already on in a mindset of, I'm a conscious being, desire, and conscious relationships. Um, And, I mean, I think even right before we met, you were very specifically, like, started to manifest a spit, like, a a partner with some specificity as well. Is that right? Did I get that right? It's pretty, it's pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Certainly. (laughs) So anyways, I did a lot of backpedaling to, to go forward and maybe talk about um, how, how or what are some of the guiding principles, agreements, um, like certainly astrology has been a practice and a tool that has helped us to co-navigate our ship and especially this like awareness of how Pluto dances around and creates the waves and the sea around our ship. So the practices, practices and or agreements, something to come back to. Well, I would say I mean, at the very beginning, I mean, the, the very nature that we're doing this is 
because of the foundational value of communication mm. in our relationship. And that is, I mean, I'll, I'll even take a, a step back. You said that in the beginning when you said that the that it is um, our responsibility our purpose to serve the relationship mm -hmm. and the reason why that was a meaningful uh, statement was I had not been in a relationship where that was the guiding principle. Mm. It's usually like, how, what am I getting out of the relationship? Ah, uh, right. And not necessarily like in a really like catty way. Right. Just in a regular person yeah. just saying like, is this relationship serving me? It's a super Western perspective. Right. Like, is this serving me? Oh, am I... Okay. Am I... I see. Am I, am I having my needs fulfilled? Ah. And those being... Again, like not, not like a, 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 a sick narcissist perspective per se mm -hmm. that I'm saying that, but just like a Western perspective. So when I heard you say that the first thing is to serve the relationship, that really struck in a positive way a chord for me. Mm -hmm. So... Now going back to the practices, so the, so the first practice is definitely communication. And that I don't even think has been an agreement as much as it's been a natural, a natural up, uprising, a natural like springing up within emergent. emergent within how we relate. Mm -hmm. And I would say driven primarily by you. Oh, I was a, a communications major. Right. Like, because usually when you hear something, like you'll stop everything and you'll be like, whoa, <laughs> we got to get to the bottom of this now. I'm like, that's not what we were talking about. <laughs> Ooh, that, I just thought of something that I don't want to derail this episode, but I, so I, I used to, be a therapist and or I also went to school for social work but I also worked specifically as a therapist so that comes up sometimes between us right like that's been a when I'm like stop hold on we have to talk about this because communication is so important and using our language and verbal tools and skills to be able to see something Gosh, it's like when you're at the airport, see something, say something. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if I have the capacity or if you have the capacity that when we see something or feel something to be able to talk about it right then and there versus sometimes it has to go on the back burner or sometimes you're just not in a place where you can talk about it. Um, you know, things can very easily start to pile up, mm -hmm. especially, oh, you and I chose a boot camp style 
entry, like not only did we choose like a conscious relationship, but we knew that we were going into it kind of like, um, we felt so strongly and it wasn't just like, oh, I love you so much. Like, let's sail off in the sunset together. It was more of a boot camp kind of, all right, let's like brass tacks, knuckles to the something. Knuckles to, to the something? I don't know what all the colloquial statements are that I want to use right now. But we, we moved in pretty quickly together, mm-hmm. very consciously and intentionally to, to, to d- dive into the work of, uh, that we knew relationships can be, which is a lot of communication, mm-hmm. which is bringing awareness to feelings more often than maybe when you're by yourself. Um, and or when you're by yourself, it's not as, as complex or, mm-hmm. or something. Um, hold on. I, I feel like I derailed. I'm like, I, I'm just Plutonian tonight with the episode. I, just, I feel like I keep derailing the, the trajectory. Um, can you bring me back to where you were at a moment ago? Communication. The communication. What and... comes up sometimes is that like one of the practices that's used is that I have therapy skills mm-hmm. and something that's come up is like um, how to handle that that component of like don't don't be a, don't be my therapist right mm-hmm. and one way that we've handled that is my being more honest and transparent about my desire for like what type of relationship like how deep does the consciousness go how 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 plutonian does it get in my without being a therapist just in my kind of world view or my paradigm i'm like well everyone's having these conversations right isn't everyone you know like friends like this idea of friends i always thought a good friend was a good therapist and I, you know, like, realize, I've realized, obviously, in my adult life that that's not, that's not the case. Um, and, but in, 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 a, in an intimate day-to-day life-sharing partnership, it was always my assumption from very early on in life, and I, we could talk about where this comes from, but that's not really the aim of this episode, I've always just desired or longed for a partnership or a lovership that was that intensely dynamic where, and I didn't know this language then, but essentially those two people are each other's therapists in a way. Like we are, there is some level of accountability. There is some like challenging, there is some, there is skill and technique and communication that is, you know, we're not communicating to one another like we communicate to anyone else in the world. There's a level of excellence brought to the, to the communication, right? Um, because what often happens is the people who are closest to, there's a level of communication that doesn't occur with anyone else because it's like the shittiest communication you can possibly bring to the table. Um, you know, like you take for granted just 
the day-to-day -day exposure you have with that person and they kind of get like your default programs around communication or, or around lots of things. Um, thank you for the communication compliment. And I am aware of my intensity around communication. <laughs> well, I would say more specifically with that is the, the real time of it, like, mm -hmm. um, the conversation, the conversation of whatever, whatever's going on in conversation can quickly shift to the perspective of the caliber and the quality of how the communication is occurring. Mm. And so, like you said a moment ago about how sometimes there's not the time to discuss something or you're not in the right space or place. And I haven't really experienced that with us because it's been, when it comes up, it comes up. Like it's, it's met with in real time. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say that's a, a practice and that is both um, simultaneously uh, can be calls for the storm, yeah. but then also the guidepost of where it's trying to bring things back. Where, and where are we trying to bring things back? I can I can I answer my Certainly. own question? Yeah. Uh, I, in my experience, so when we enter into whatever comes up, and then we enter into a dialogue, and sometimes, even with excellent communication skills, um, self regulation, blah blah blah, even with all the things. I guess I could be more specific because these are helpful practices, but even with all of that, sometimes it still gets very uncomfortable mm -hmm. and energetic waves start splashing up in both of us. And I know I start to get that sticky feeling like I talked about in maybe episode one or two where I don't like how I'm feeling and it's uncomfortable and I want to resolve it, but also I'm not going to let it go mm -hmm. because something about this is like either protecting me or I'm stubborn or whatever. Like there's two competing energies in mm -hmm. me. And then of course, if there's two competing energies seemingly, and, and usually that's an illusory wave of something passing, um, if that's happening in me and that's happening in you and we're trying to relate, yeah, it does create like this perfect storm. I'm going to pause and say the I am that we talked about in one of the episodes. I don't know if it was in your notebook or something we were reading. It was in your notebook. I don't even think we got to this when you were reading out of your notebook in one of the episodes. Whatever, if you say I am mad, mm -hmm. As soon as you identify and connect yourself to the energy, you now have chosen to, to experience an illusion. Like, I am frustrated. Um, and so maybe one of the 
self-communication skills or tools here is, is, is using the I am as an anchor and being careful with your language inside your head and outside with your mouth of being careful with the I am because the I am is so powerful um, and energy is so powerful. And if you connect those two in the wrong way, you will get an enduring perfect storm um, that does not come to resolve. And most of the time we are looking for at least I, despite my getting in those sticky spots, I am looking for a return to, for a return to a certain baseline of softness. Clear of water. Clear water. Clear, yeah. Soft sand. Tender, like little fish. And like, just that, um... Uh, like maybe, maybe the sand still needs to settle a little bit, but the waves aren't thrashing about. That, like, that, like, kind of level, not level, that layer of, like, tension in, like, the subderma of the skin mm -hmm. has that released a little, um... Yeah, so I would say a softness, a tenderness, a, a, I feel like I can go back to deeper breathing mm -hmm. in the presence of this person. I think that's generally what I, when I feel satisfied, like when I'm like, okay, this is resolved, because we've been able to stand and and in this energy, hold this energy together, walk through it, and return to some semblance of maybe not smooth sailing, but at least sailing, like at least like we've got the wind, the air, which is right, love, moving again, like we've got that truth circulating once more. We're not caught, we didn't get stuck in the illusion. That's all I got. That's all you got with that. <laughs> um, so let me pause for a moment and think about where to go with with what you just said. So that, that, that is, is certainly like a, um, like maybe a model, like a, a model of, 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 of a plutonic cycle within, within a Pluto focused relationship. Um, and so I'm I'm thinking about I'm 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 thinking about what we've been talking about about the book I'm reading about the book we're reading and just different sort of 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 concepts and specifically the we each come to serve the relationship but there's this by serving the relationship uh it serves you mm -hmm. and by serving the relationship it serves me like as as individuals, like there's this certain thing that happens with the third thing, mm -hmm. um, and you talked about the the experience of the storm mm -hmm. that comes up 
mm-hmm. between you know two people and then specifically when some of this stuff which is coming up this is what, what what's really sticking with me in this conversation is the stuff that comes out from the other person that is drawn out from the other person that you don't realize you carry yourself like that's if someone were to go through their entire life without ever being in a relationship, they may never know that they're carrying something. But the beauty of the relationship is they get to realize what they carry, right? Yeah. And, and so where I'm going with this is that happens a lot in not, plutonic relationships. And it's not always beautiful. Well, it's definitely not beautiful or comfortable. But what happens is, like, just like what you're saying, is like it comes to the surface, something happens, blah, blah, blah. And then, well, what do you do with it? Well, I want to return back to calm, like to the calmness, to the soft sand, the water mm-hmm. to settle. And I think, or at least how I interpreted how you described that, you said, I want to be able to feel or to breathe deeply again so I can feel that there's, uh, there's, it's been resolved or some degree of resolution. But the real resolution is the resolution in the individual, within you, within me, of what was brought up. Like, that's what I think is what it's really about. Like, yeah. it, like there could be a resolution between me and you or between a couple, but really what I think is the ultimate value of why you why we honor the relationship is because it's it's ultimately bringing that clarity and that calmness that we're carrying within ourselves that we don't even realize is there it's it's so you're saying it's magnetizing out not only disruptive waters like quote unquote but it's also magnetizing out even even more calm waters than well it's magnetizing out the disruption that you don't know that i don't know i'm carrying Mm -hmm. and it's bringing it to the surface Mm -hmm. so it can be resolved in the individual Mm. oh so oh so So the individual's cool calm clear waters expands within themselves like like it's enjoyable within the relationship but where what it really serves is you within yourself and me within myself and where it's where it's like super like where it's really fun is Mm -hmm. then when you get to experience that with someone else like that's Mm the the almost like um like as we're talking about this i don't think i've ever thought of it so much this way so i said Use that I'm familiar with an idea of how is this relationship serving me? And there's a truth to that. Like, am I getting my needs met in the relationship? And someone could could go and use that as like a, a guidepost within themselves to value like the relationship they're right. in. Like, um, but what you said in the beginning, the relationship, which spoke to me so much was like, no, we're about serving the relationship. But the the irony the paradox, the the cosmic joke, the beauty of it, mm-hmm. is by doing that, mm-hmm. you're actually serving your own needs. I would say there's a higher... Right. There's a higher... serve. Like, when someone went and turns into a relationship, when their, their guiding posts are their own individual needs, like, that's what they're going to get out of it. Right. And when those needs are met, then where does the relationship stand? You don't need the relationship anymore. Right. Right? So it's like self-destructive from the beginning, or self, I don't know, it's a sabotage from the beginning to enter in with that mindset. But what I'm saying is 
that occurs mm -hmm. when you put the relationship first. Like going back to this metaphor of what we're talking about was in a relationship and, and, mm -hmm. and when you're conscious with it, like the other person brings out something you don't know you're carrying. Yeah. Like, so that's a blind spot. Mm -hmm. And that's not gonna, that blind spot's not going to be seen without a second person. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be brought out without a second person. And then you go through the process of the blind spot creates a storm. Mm -hmm. And then through good technique, good communication, that storm will eventually like bring back some level of calmness within the dynamic of the couple. Mm -hmm. But the real beauty of it is that it's going to bring a calmness of where that blind, where that disturbance came in the blind spot of the individual. Right. And so that happens. The reason why, why that can happen is because you put the relationship first. Yes. And so you're like, well, let me bring back to this relationship balance, this relationship um, smooth water. But ultimately by doing that, by that being a practice and a guidepost, is you're slowly also calming and meeting the deep need of the individual. Okay. But you're not thinking about that because you're fo like right. that naturally happens. And you, so I'm not sure you said, I think you said that there was a, a contrary, that they were not on the same page a moment ago. What I meant was the, the paradox is by placing the relationship as what the serving as opposed to saying is the relationship serving me. Mm -hmm. I'm using this like as a as a like a general statement like when someone can when a couple when two people can approach by approach a relationship by putting the relationship first as opposed to their own needs first. Mm -hmm. The paradox is that actually serves their needs. It serves a greater and deeper need. Right. Right. Well, will end in the individual because what it does is it addresses it the thing. It serves a greater and deeper need in the individual. Yes. 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 But if you lead with need, yes, you you are not going to reach the greater and deeper, which I would say is really a desire. Those spaces, those blind spots. Mm -hmm. I would say that we don't even know we don't even know to have needs around those blind spots. We can't know we're not we don't know that they're there. Right. So they're not needs. So if they come up spontaneously mm -hmm. through through a relationship, through magnetism, that to me speaks more of desire. Okay. That that blind spot is is being magnetized and pulled out by the vehicle of desire, by the vehicle of relating. And so, yes, I hear what you're saying. By serving the relationship, you actually, as an overall human being, you get this greater, deeper individual need met. But I would say it's not a need. It's actually a greater, deeper transformation. Yes, which... whatever the word would be. But it's the, 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 the irony is by focusing on that, it, like, yeah. it unifies and it... It cares for. It's like a it's like a balanced ecosystem. Yes. Just when you look out at it, when you look at yes. nature. Yes. And nature doesn't really have that Western mindset of, I want. What are my wants? What do I need? Right. And how am I going to make sure that I get my wants and needs met? Right. When you lead with that, 
well, you can, I mean, I don't want to get into like environmentalism, but like you can see what happens in, in systems when you lead with that. Um, something gets used up or thrown away and when it's broken, like toss it. It's, it's like that mentality versus coming into something with a desire to serve and honor and respect the entity that you're creating, which also then implies I am capable, worthy, and able to serve this thing. I am bringing something to this. And the de facto is like whatever I'm bringing, like that being aware that you're bringing a whole bunch of stuff you don't even know you're bringing. And, um, yeah. and that gets cleared up by default. Yeah. And the act of clearing that up yeah. is how, like, that's where that deeper, like the ultimately, and, and I, I use the word need, but what I was getting at was like that calm, clear, soft sand within within your own inner world. Yeah, calm, clear water. Yes. On soft white sand. On soft white sand. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of that lately. Yes, we have. Well, maybe then this is a continuation if we could drill a little deeper on this. Okay. Of you know, this could this could be specifically us and mm-hmm. our very unique plutonian um composite of of our planetary signature that we happen to have a lot of transformative kind of moments where we have we have a lot of that experience of coming deeper and greater um but i think that even comes from a place of you and i individually desiring greater consciousness and where did that where does that come from that you and i before we met each other are are in a state of pursuing um, certain enterprises of consciousness and growth and hot, like uh, do you know what I'm getting at here? No. I think well, uh, I don't want to make are, an assumption. I think you are interested in knowing yourself deeper. Okay. You are interested in in growth change is always happening change is inevitable Mm -hmm. like you have your own desires for growth okay and that involves seeing the quote undesirable aspects of self okay like you vote you you and i both came into relating with one another with with that as a, a guiding principle for our own individual ships, mm-hmm. an awareness of self, an awareness of 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 uh, the human, like human primal desire for for exponential growth in 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 the interior, mm-hmm. and that the interior landscape is um, a complex space that requires some level of skill and requires one to to bring some technique and some some level of yeah like love just like so it's like i like i love myself and therefore 
I'm going to give myself the nourishment and space that will help me to, to grow. Um, so we were bringing that, right? Mm-hmm. So are, now are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. That we were both bringing that. When you said, do you know where I'm going? I thought you were, like, there was a point to, like, there was, like, that's what I... Just that, you know, it's possible to enter a relationship with someone who, who speaks about, who is mentally, intellectually all about conscious relationship and consciousness, but when it comes to the heart and the energy level, when things come up, they're not, uh, they're not grounded in an interior landscape of, like I'm grounded in love. They might be ground. They might want to be grounded in love, but they might have those like I am attachments where they're actually grounded in an energy that doesn't allow the intellectual conscious relationship speech to practice and apply outward to co-navigate a ship of of a unit of a union. So more to come. More to come. Is it, do you have a final word? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. So more to come in the next episode where we'll continue to play around with the ship out to sea and infuse Tantra, astrology, desire, metaphors, and so on to um, to be able to just give space to share our own experiences and hopefully uh, be of some encouragement, help, um, community to those of you listening. Um, if you go to my page, uh, my link tree, uh, link, tr.ee backslash loved by the water you will find a direct link to michael's services and to mine um and we don't actually have a service link where people could talk to both of us Mm -mm. maybe we should do that we should okay because we would love to uh, i mean this is not meant to be a sales pitch but it came up so like we love doing composite chart readings um if that's something that you're feeling called to after hearing this we uh, would love to operate with you on a love offering basis. Until next time. We'll see you then.